fuck's happening? Oh, oh man. shit, man. Oh, man, I shot Marvin in the face. Why the fuck you do that? Well, I didn't mean to do it. It was an accident. Oh, man, I see some crazy-ass shit in my time, but this is... Welcome, everybody. This is Room Tone. We talk movies because we love it. This is the soundtrack of Birdman by Antonio Sanchez. I'll catch up with you in a second. Enjoy. Welcome everybody, this is uh, Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking community to your ears. I'm Ruggiero, your host, and we're going to head dive into the mind of our guest today, uh, who's paying us a little visit uh, here at UBC. We're broadcasting from Unseated Muscum Land on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. Our guest today is documentary director and photographer, Jeff Webb. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, thank you. How are Woo, you? <laughs> I'm doing really good, man. There is uh, such a beautiful sun shining over our heads today here in Vancouver. Mm, a little bit of a diamond uh, to enjoy in the winter, you know. But here we are, talking about movies. So how are you related to that yourself? Who are you for the people out there who don't know you? Who are you, Jeff? Uh, so I'm a documentary filmmaker. Uh, I also make uh, short films. Um, experimental pieces, uh, a lot of videography, um, just anything that sort of helps the people around me uh, with the skills that I have. Awesome. Telling stories for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's so many arts in the world. Why filmmaking? Uh, well, because there are so fil- many films in the art, uh, uh, so many arts in the world. Like you yeah. can't just choose one. I love music. I love 
painting, drawing, writing, uh, acting, um, just interacting with each other and helping each other. I love dance. I love movement. Um, like set dressing, just it, sound is fantastic. Just even listening to the room, this music with you in this room mm-hmm. right now is just a wonderful experience. What a, what so, a great soundtrack, hey? Yeah. Uh, they really got those percussions figured out, hey? Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, why uh, the soundtrack of Birdman, you know? So, uh, such a uh, dynamic, you know, percussions have their own world, but uh, I'm curious, how come the soundtrack of Birdman? Uh, well, I just, I guess I chose that one. It was either that or Desperado. And mm-hmm. I think those two movies, they're just so kinetic and energetic and there's just so much going on that's sort of subversive about them um more so in in birdman of course um and it's just about a a flawed character just trying to make his way in the world and not even sure what's real and what's what's true or what's false and uh he's not sure where he's coming from or where he's going and uh i don't know it's just a wonderful thing to sort of listen to very exciting yeah of course everybody every artist's story in the end eh Mm -hmm. but um captivating very captivating and of course uh um Antonio Sanchez, uh, he's actually the drummer of the Pat Metini group. And there is a very interesting story connected to that because this drummer, Antonio Sanchez, who composed uh, and played and performed the soundtrack of Birdman, he basically was very young and he heard on the radio Alejandro Iñárritu uh, presenting a song by Pat Metini. So later on in his life, he basically performed with Pat Metini in the Pat Metini group and, com- and composed and performed the soundtrack of Birdman itself. So that's when really life spirals up into your own dreams. That's pretty fascinating, eh? But uh, yeah, let's go ahead uh, because I know that you've done music videos and uh, you're really, really um, dynamic and uh, good experienced editor. Mm-hmm. So what do you take from your daily life into these arts? Uh, what do I take from my daily life into these arts? I think just sort of an ability to listen I think that one of the things I sort of beat myself up about is I don't know what to say I don't have anything that I'm striving out and I want to prove to the world or I want to sort of put it out there but I think what editing sort of allows you to do is just like the little and the whole world is just sort of take what you see and what's around you and sort of find the truth because I find you can sort of like force something down through people's throats but here it's just sort of like you can only deal with the facts or what's been captured or what kind of evidence you have to build your case, I guess. And um, it's just sort of fascinating to sort of find the truth there. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that. Desperate uh, research for the truth. Beautiful words from you, eh? Amazing, wonderful. <laughs> well, <laughs> editing, editing, uh, well, of course, you rewrite a story three different times. Editing becomes very, very critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think is the one big uh, misunderstanding that people do when stepping into post-production? Hmm, number one. Um, I guess, well, it, I mean, there is the saying, you know, fix it in post. So mm. there's that idea <laughs> yeah. that, um, okay, well, we'll do this. It doesn't matter what's behind him. It doesn't matter what's going on in the room or what the problems are with sound or what the problems are with stories, more usually the case. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just go ahead and we'll fix it in post. And what's challenging about that is like you might have an idea of, your expectations of something but you haven't really put the work into achieving them and you haven't been very deliberate in in constructing your notion of what you want to accomplish Mm -hmm. so that's why I I have a lot to learn as a director um, but that's the thing that you know being an editor has taught me what I need to do as a Mm -hmm. director basically is like okay don't shoot yourself in the foot by not planning ahead and sort of like being open to ideas in the first Mm -hmm. place so you can capture those because you never know what you'll find in the editing room Um, don't have like a set idea of like oh I only need that I only need that and they can fix it and and sort it out for me afterwards I, I say like cast a broad net so that you can leave yourself and, and me options uh, mm-hmm. afterwards. 
Podcast Abroad Net. Woo, Jeff, that's uh, that's the one. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna write this down. Wow, that's great, awesome. Well, um, it is it is awesome actually to if I think about it, you know, the way we actually met mm-hmm. because uh, um, I actually met Jeff when we were volunteering at the Carnegie at the community center in the between Hastings and Maine, and he was showing him showing me everything. It was my first day uh, serving, and he was showing me everything, and it was extremely organized. Uh, organized mind laying everything over and you know show me everything and then the way he would serve everybody and and you know show them show them love through the service telling them a story through the service you know it's not just a soup it's way more than that and that's something that i found extremely 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 profound and captivating as well and that's how we we slowly got to to meet each other and here we are and uh, i actually want to ask you in the past year mm-hmm. where have you been coming from and uh, what can what can uh, what can you share about your your life story for the past year oh well um i think that i've always um, so I, about a year ago, I guess I was working almost full time for this wedding film company. Um, and that was great because it gave me sort of sense of routine and it was a great team to work with. Um, and a great sense of like, okay, I have this concrete job and here's what I'm doing and here's what I'm accomplishing every day. And I could sort of not necessarily walk away at 5 PM or 6 PM or what have you, but it was something that I could sort of distance myself from mm-hmm, as opposed mm-hmm. to the traditional freelance world, which is your work is your life and your life is your work yeah. and there's everyone's always you know you're working or you're not working it's it's the continual existence so uh when i left that i was looking for some routine and also looking to get back to a little bit of my purpose which is you know interact with my community interact with my world and and give back a little bit learn a little bit and um connect with the world a little bit because i can be a little bit in my own head mm. um so it's fun to sort of learn about the community and and look people in the eye and learn their stories and and participate and learn some new skills so beauty um, yeah. beauty wow and then uh, you're also a painter yourself yeah so pa- painting basically stands at the basis of, of visual arts but where do you feel painting is actually standing in 2017 hmm well, I don't know. I haven't really checked in with painting in 2017. <laughs> Every time I go to the gallery, it's, it's kind of like I'm so fascinated with film and so fascinated with music and everything like that. I think one problem with painting or with drawing or with those 2D arts is that they can often be so solitary or they can be... Um, they're just so flat. They're so on the wall. Mm. They're so, you know, not changing. The, the thing that changes is you, I suppose, or the viewer, your mm-hmm. perspective. So that's very interesting. Um, but that's always something that frustrated me about painting is, is you toiling away in your room and it's never good enough. It's never mm-hmm. uh, it's never finished. And you just abandon it, I guess, as Picasso said or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure where the state of... Yeah, painting is. I'm sure that people have started taking it on. And I've seen some interesting tableaus recently that that challenge some old conceptions of Mm -hmm. what painting can do. Mm -hmm. So that's fascinating. Wow. So was it was it a uh, was it a slow fade into the arts for you or more of a quick, sharp turn? Something that changed into your life that pushed you into the arts? Uh, Well, a little bit of both, I guess, because I had um, I had always loved painting. I had always loved drawing. Um, I had always loved the arts just all throughout my life, but I'd always had this sense of, you know, okay, this is something that um, I can do in my own time. It doesn't need to be in my career. My career should be related to helping others and being in the world and being important and using mm-hmm. my education and my influence and my privilege. You know, I grew up in West Van. There's, it's a very affluent community, obviously. So every opportunity afforded me in the world, I better give back. Um, but at the same time, your, your nature is your nature. And if you're a creative person, it's very difficult to let go of that um, and be in chair sitting at a desk um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and as 
as organizers you have to be in filmmaking, you have to be a little bit free as well. So I did appreciate that. I, I went to UBC to do international relations mm. to, yes, be the, be the change you want to see in the world and mm-hmm. all that. Um, but I got really involved in the Oxfam Club. And I remember that a great way to... Um, get people around an issue, get them talking, get them excited, um, get them passionate and active in the world was, was getting them sitting, watching the same film, having awesome, uh, having the same facts, having the same story, having, being able to discuss the different narratives they have about of certain course. worlds. Identifying a, a core of gravity and then communicating over it. Exactly. Mm. So yeah, just sort of that's that center. Mm-hmm. But so, I mean, that's of course the practical use, but it also resonated with me in the fact that like, you know, I've always wanted to do creative things. So the idea of like being able to make this change and also um, pay attention to the, the creative side and me. Of course, of um, course. That was really liberating. It's a balance, eh? Yeah. Of course, it's a balance. Wonderful. You know what? Uh, we, I actually want to explore that topic. We're, we're going to have to take a little break uh, here at Room Tone. Okay. Uh, so we're going to take a little break and we're actually going to uh, explore the percussions of Antonio Sanchez. Uh, this is the soundtrack of uh, Birdman. Everybody enjoy the beauty.
And that was Antonio Sanchez from Birdman. The soundtrack of Birdman. What a great soundtrack right there. Percussions, what a world to explore. No limits with the world of percussions. Here we are talking about movies because we love it. Jeff Webb is paying a visit here at UBC uh, with us in the booth. Let's explore actually what you were talking about a little earlier. And you know, it's it's always it's always uh, it's not easy to achieve that balance. You know, creative and rational mindsets. How do you achieve that balance yourself personally? Well, I think that um, music really helps. Actually, to be honest, like even just listening to that music, I, I was like, I don't want to make documentaries anymore. I just want to make fiction films. I want to make films that make me feel like this. Um, and even when I'm making films that are rated in, based in reality or based on images that I've just captured. Um, it's always the music that sort of drives me, that propels me forward, um, that helps me find that emotional side with, you know, a content that may not be necessarily that inspiring or that, you know, just uh, that uplifting necessarily. Um, I don't know. It's just... Of course. Well, it it, it it goes down in the end to how you feel comfortable. It's yeah. very personal. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, when it comes to a balance as well, you know, everybody has its own balance. Some people prefer to live in a more creative world and some people prefer to live more in a rational world. And uh, what do you believe uh, are the consequences of not respecting that balance? Has, has that ever happened to you? or? Um, well, yes, definitely. I mean, usually when I'm working on a film I'll, I'll sort of if I get that the other person is maybe not as technically proficient as me then I'll it'll fall upon me or at least I'll, that part of me will become more salient uh, I'll be the guy with the camera I'll be figuring out settings and codecs and frame rates and all these kinds of things and figuring out how we're going to get the right sound and things like that because I mean that stuff really does have to happen but what I really love and what I really look forward to in my career is working with people that I can trust to sort of take care of that stuff because sometimes you work with an editor and you know as much as I do editing I love being able to just pass off my work and watching it be elevated by somebody mm. who just you know it's their passion they don't want to be a director they don't want to do anything but edit they just want to explore mm. and tell the truth and mm -hmm. and find find out you know what's the what's the I don't know their perfect yeah. vision of what and, and this that's film when, could be that, that's when collaboration and, and, and filmmaking meet well actually yeah. they meet every time there is no way to, to make a movie on your own eh? Mm -hmm. even even if you just you and your camera there is someone in front of the camera telling the story with you you know mm -hmm. and uh, what has if, if there have been moments uh, like this you know moments of full on collaboration moments of, of team realization what about those moments? How about, uh, actually, I'm very curious to hear from you because you've been working in the downtown inside with the community to tell the stories uh, uh, of the community. Have there been any moments uh, of yours connecting with the community that were special or stood out? Um, well, I think that uh, it was interesting. I mean, this wasn't related to film, but uh, I did do a photography um, piece for uh, Vice, and it mm. was exploring... Uh, SRO conditions in um, in the downtown east side, uh, single resident occupancy uh, units, which are just deplorable conditions, especially around Maine and Hastings. Um, so it was kind of interesting to see, you know, I, I could go in as an artist or a documentarian and sort of go and capture, um, but it was so exciting to see that it was sort of involving world, and you're not just capturing people that are, you know, poor and, and static, they're 
they're ever-changing and they have dreams and they have inspirations and they have goals and mm-hmm. the situation is never cha- never static and, and they don't give up on their situation as well. So it was very exciting to meet with people and have to explain my thesis, you know, that people are in terrible conditions mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. their lives are messed up, but it's not their fault uh, it, for certain things that can be changed. Um, so it was fun to see uh, people take ownership of that and go to city halls with their rat-infested mattresses mm. and, and and try and get attention and and reach out for themselves and, and mm-hmm. try and make a change in the world and help mm-hmm. each other as well. That was really exciting as well. Yeah, and if, if uh, I have to say, if Vancouver has a soul, it's living there. Mm. That's Vancouver's soul. That's the only place where there truly is a community. And uh, out there, you know, it's 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 not easy to find a group of people that you know they might not have a house, but they have a home. And that's, that's where the community lives, in the home. Mm-hmm. And they truly embrace that. And to me, that's the beauty of Vancouver, you know. Many people might believe the opposite, but that, that, that place, the main Hastings, and it, it eradicates from there. That's the pearl of Vancouver. That's the beauty of Vancouver, and we need to learn to respect it. Mm-hmm. And I think that Vancouver is stepping closer to that, hopefully, or otherwise we're going to have to move together and step closer to that sort of state of respect. Yeah, well, I mean, there's certainly a lot of problems, and I think there's got to be a more of a recognition of of some people's responsibility for, for changing each other's lives, mm-hmm. but there's so much solidarity to be found there. Um, people helping each other... Um, programs like spikes on bikes or megaphone where people are you know really stepping up for one another and helping each other and even carnegie is it's just it's just awesome because you know you do have to pay so there's that element of exchange as well mm-hmm. but um i don't know it's just a great community for sure yeah 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 yeah. well community is everything that we have as human beings if we isolate ourselves uh, even in the past if we isolated ourselves we wouldn't have the chance to survive and uh, you know we need to recognize that we need to embrace the community. We need to be able to live on our own and uh, understand our own inner confusions and demons, whatever, however you want to call them. But the community is number one, you know, and because it's a mirror to look, to look deep within. And without a mirror, mm, you're just wandering, lost uh, in the jungle, you know. <laughs> you need that compass right there. And emotions also are a great compass for that. Uh-huh. So when it comes to emotions, where, where is your emotional compass pointing right now in your life? Oh, man. Um... I don't know. I mean, I've been told that I have trouble in getting in touch with my emotions, but I would say like right now I'm kind of excited. Um, I'm kind of sad at sometimes because I find it hard to tap into ideas or know exactly which way is forward for me. Um, but I like that there are so many things right now that I can do to help myself, to help others, um, take care of myself, learn more about my art form. Um, and so many people that just want the best for me in my life. So I'm very grateful for that. And uh, yeah, just coming from that is a sense of excitement and looking forward to the future. Awesome. Woo. That enthusiasm for the future. How can we forget that? So where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I would love to be de- directing fiction films. Um in a, a more intense way, more deliberate way. Um, I know that I have a lot of writing to do, a lot of uh, idea creation for myself on my own part to get there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm planning on 
working on more music videos, mm -hmm. um, just sort of getting out there and interacting with people and building more of what my vision of the world looks like, mm -hmm. uh, just being inspired and challenging myself. Um, so yeah, I would love to, I would love to make films like Rust and Bone, like Jacques mm. Audiard, his, his works are amazing. Um, yeah, I just get really inspired by, by films from all over the world. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. And when it comes to actual fiction movies, mm -hmm. um, have there been any inspirations in your own life in the past that truly gave you that burst and that spark to be able to step into this world? Yeah, well, um, to be honest, I, I remember like before I went to film school at one point, I was watching a lot of first films by people mm. um, just films where people were afraid you know they might be legendary now but at that time <laughs> they were making mistakes and they were mm -hmm. just sort of falling over all over themselves so I was watching a lot of early films so films like you know Strangers in Paradise or mm. um, uh, Stranger Than Paradise or Clerks or mm. <laughs> um, even Bottle Rocket like by Wes Anderson just like all these these masters and El Mariachi by Robert Rodriguez mm -hmm. oh, like yeah. just these films where people just You know, they just took a chance, you know, and um, and like even like Greta Gerwig's recent film, like Lady Bird, um, is just a wonder, wonderful, wonderful film, and that was her first time directing that I know of, at least, anyway. Mm -hmm. So I get really inspired by people who are just sort of like starting out and uh, making their stamp in the world, and uh, yeah. Wow. So the first, the first, well, the first step is the one that shows the path. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes all we need is just to take one step, and then the path lights up right in front of us yeah um and uh, you know many people actually this is this is very interesting because i know i noticed this a lot in in, in the filmmaking community that uh, many people sometimes uh you know they have their feet placed but they can't move their weight over to the feet to the foot you know and sometimes uh, everything is there and ready to go and sometimes there are some some frictions or problems and to me that's 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 when my uh, a part of me uh, you know cringes and goes oh wow you know like uh, uh, we really have to learn uh, to appreciate our state also here in vancouver you know mm -hmm. one of the most wonderful cities in, on earth with this such a great great flow of storytellers and and you know communicators uh, we really we really have a responsibility you know and uh, we can't close an eye on that and uh, if if there is something that uh, in this present moment you know right now in 2017 for you jeff um is uh, is is driving you and is is willing to take you further and exploring even other sides of the arts uh, what is that one thing what is that other layer that other mirror that you would like to, to explore in the arts right now um if there is any eh? if there is none like uh, no problem man well I think I think there's always just uh, so much to be learned so much to be experienced so much to challenge yourself with um, I think every person has their own worst fear that they might not even know about until they sort of get there. So I think my own things, what makes me most excited about filmmaking is the ability to just put yourself in a situation where you have no idea what you're doing or where this is going or what have you, but um, you're just excited to see where it takes you. So that'll happen in documentary, it'll happen in fiction world, um, but yeah, that's what excites me, I guess. Mm, awesome. Yeah, the, the idea of adventure and exploration, probably even traveling, mm -hmm. probably even traveling, you know, Docu when documentary, documentary filmmaking meets traveling, I think that's that's probably one of the sweetest spots. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, is there is there a specific part of the world you want to visit? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to uh, my friends have talked about uh, going to Thailand in February. Ooh. 
Um, and that's a uh, part of the world I've always wanted to visit, um, for sure. Thailand, Vietnam. Um, oh wow! Just man. so much like you know, life and vigor there, and history, and uh, and also charities. I mean, I've had I've had this impression in my in my life of just it would be great to be traveling and um, do documentaries or promotional films for charities elsewhere in the world. I've connected with charities here, but obviously they usually don't have the funds or you don't want to take the funds to travel mm. on their money and go and make films for them but if I were to travel and, and do films uh, that would be pretty exciting and inspiring and I've had great times in, in Mexico in the past mm. uh, doing that and uh, yeah looking forward to that yeah very 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 sweet spot well I wish you the best for sure thank you man. Uh, when it comes to Vietnam man take the camera with you man <laughs> Woo, it's gonna be a wonderful wonderful journey yeah definitely and you know in, 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 I believe that emerging and immersing yourself into a culture it's the only way to truly learn you mm -hmm. know uh, you have to put yourself into that zone of of uncomfort you know and that's when you actually learn a little bit more about yourself you know you start to you know take a cold shower and uh, you know like uh, you say okay this is how i react to the cold shower how yeah. about i try one more time and we see how it goes And by the way, actually physically taking cold showers in the morning actually helps you yeah. uh, mentally and, pre and prepares you mentally to the state of uh, lack of comfort, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, is, there, is there, what are the two extremes for you? What is the place of extreme comfort and the place of extreme uh, uncomfort for you? Discomfort? Um, I don't know. I'm least comfortable... And I think I've sort of touched on this multiple times, even though, you know, you're supposed to talk as if you know everything in the world. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm so anxious, man, like a lot of the time. So when I'll, I'll be I'll be editing and I'll be going through footage and I'll just like I'll have this impression of what a client wants or, um, you know, it might be a nonprofit. It might be a profit thing. Um, and uh, I'll know what's possible and I won't know if I'll be able to get there. And that'll be the case on set. That'll be on the case mm. in the editing room. Um, so that can be a really dark place, mm. but it can be uh, that much more uplifting when you sort of find a way through it. And mm -hmm. usually my way is music or, or mm. getting more footage or getting an interview or, you know, just not giving up on it and, and sort of being honest uh, with your client and with yourself on what's possible for sure. Um, do you play any? Do you play any instrument? No, I mean I used to DJ a little bit, oh, like a really? long time oh, ago. Nice. But like, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. What uh, type of music? Uh, electronic music mostly. Mm -hmm, like uh, tech house, house uh, techno. Uh, uh, like yeah, I would say house. House, uh, all right. It's sort of like I think it's one of those things where it's just like. Oh, there's a beat here. I can catch on to this. It's like, <laughs> but then I, uh, you know, I'll be DJing and buying all these records, and I'll be like, I would never want to listen to this if I weren't <laughs> DJing. You know, it's like, okay. so that's the danger, I guess, is falling into a trap of thing, making things that you would never want to experience yourself in your life. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, wow, interesting. I didn't see that coming at all. Very, very interesting. Wow. Mm. What would be that one instrument that you would like to play? Uh, probably the guitar. Because okay. I think uh, I need to work on my social skills. And it's a, <laughs> it's a very social instrument, you know? You can travel with it. Um, it can be... It can go on its own or it can be part of a group. Uh, it lends itself to singing. Uh, I also love percussion and, and piano as well. Uh, but I think mm -hmm. if I were to choose one and sort of like work on that, that would probably be the guitar. The guitar, eh? Yeah. The guitar. The, the, and there are so many different types of guitar as well. It's such a, such a versatile and, and malleable instrument. Mm -hmm. uh, but wow, I didn't see that coming because, uh, uh, you know, like uh, the guitar, it's uh, it's an instrument that, uh, you know, especially in the downtown east side, is so present. Mm -hmm. Almost everybody plays the guitar in there. Yeah. Two people out of three, they know how to play the guitar. And that's that's why also the place is 
is so saturated, you know? There is so much art and so much so much feeling, you know? Yeah. And that way of expressing it, you know, entering the Carnegie and hearing, listening to someone playing the guitar, you know? Yeah. Uh, or you're eating or whatever, you know? There is always something happening, mm-hmm. you know? And the guitar is that instrument that, that you can take everywhere and just tell a story with very, 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 very directly, you know? Yeah. The, the, the connection is, is necessary. Mm-hmm. The connection is necessary, yeah. And when it comes to connection, uh, what do you feel most connected or more most at ease in the world? Uh, I think with physical activity. Uh, mm. I really like just just getting involved, getting in the zone and things. So whether that be like a really physical shoot where I'm having to like sort of jump through mud or jump around <laughs> or uh, I've recently gotten into CrossFit, which I know is super dorky, but like, <laughs> you know, it's just really, really fun to sort of get in there or like uh, I used to do kickboxing and jujitsu oh, wow, and those kinds of things. Amazing. So I feel like very in my element or running through trails or or dancing, I guess there's like I love just dancing, but at the same time, if you're in a club, it's, there's something political about it. Always, you're in somebody's space or whatever. You so there's something about that. But uh, yeah, physical activity, I would say. Awesome! Wow, yeah. martial arts, eh? Martial arts. I didn't see that coming. And martial arts really tap into into the philosophy of life as well. Hmm. And when it comes to to actually the philosophy of storytelling, what is uh, what is what do you believe is the diamond uh, of the philosophy of storytelling? Well, um, I don't know. I've been kind of struggling with this, actually, because I just took... Uh, I am started taking a master class in writing from uh, Aaron Sorkin, who wrote uh, A Few Good Men and Social Network and uh, just a bunch of things um, out there. Um, and he's all about objective and um, obstacle. And just find those two things. So the thing that your, your character wants and then the thing that's getting them in their way. And But... Uh, every time I sort of think about that uh, in terms of like the story I might want to tell it just falls into cliche immediately Um, so uh, I have to find my own sort of philosophy that sort of helps me find natural truthful stories without boring the shit out of everybody (laughs) (laughs) well if it's if it's entertaining if it's entertaining for you it might be entertaining for someone else out there as well Mm -hmm. you know what we just have to do is probably detach to the fact that it's 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 a story coming out from us because we're Whatever it's psychology, whatever comes up from us, we already find interest in it. But if we can break that barrier, then if there is a true heart beating for that story to be told, then someone else will feel that same beating. And that's how storytelling flows and that's how life and that's how planet uh, turn around to for the love and the passion of life and the craft and the arts. And uh, I believe we're actually going to have to take a little break over here. Kay. And uh, this is going to be the soundtrack of Birdman uh, by Antonio Sanchez. Everybody enjoy the gold of percussions.
Welcome back, everybody. This is Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. Ruggiero in front of this microphone, and on the other side of this microphone is Jeff Webb. How is it going, Jeff? It's going great. Nice, awesome. So this is a, this, I, I'm going to throw you this opportunity right now, right over here. Uh, no time to waste. And we're actually talking about the one-minute pitch. Every time uh, we give dedicate one minute for a little pitch, any sort of uh, any sort of uh, project or anything that you would like to pitch and share with the world, then uh, this is uh, this is probably the time to do it. Are you ready? I can I can sure. make it happen right now. Are you ready? Okay. And the clock is going. Okay. So uh, a few years ago, I had the good fortune of going down to Mexico with a good friend of mine, Emiliano, to make a short film. Uh, and in the process of that, uh, we were aided by the Minister of uh, History and Culture down there. And he was a former bullfighter and he had a son who was a bullfighter uh, or a budding one anyways. He was 17 uh, and he was already quite talented and he fought young bulls. So uh, we sort of offered to make a little film about this guy um, just as a thank you to his father. Um, and we ended up making one and it was sort of like a promotional thing but uh, ended up being kind of like really profound experience for me because I was down in the pit with the bulls mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. watching how that goes and how long it takes for the bulls to die 15 seconds eh? and uh okay so making a feature fictional film about his life um inspired by his father and his interactions with the community and uh how he feels about his work and what he wants to do yeah and uh so that's it i guess awesome yeah that's that's one minute right there awesome man Woo. okay what about that experience right there yeah i mean uh that sounded of course like a like a mixture of all sorts of uh, layers, you know, like uh, people traveling, uh, of course, the arts and mm-hmm. coming all together. Uh, what is the core of that experience? What is the one thing that you would like to relive from that experience? I think what I would like to relive from that experience is just a, a fundamental shift in my understanding of the nature of, the, of this kind of violence. Um, mm. This kind of violence and this kind of experience, like its role in the shaping of this community. Because, you know, in this small town of Laventa outside uh, San Miguel de Allende in uh, mm. Mexico, there's like, there's TV, but like there's not really a movie theater. There's very few concerts. Like there's a lot of poverty around there. Uh, obviously a lot of like joy and, and life and great food and everything. But you can see the importance of an event like this for drawing the community together, um, binding the old with the young and uh, passing on tradition from one generation to the next. And I didn't see any semblance of protest. There was nobody who was contradicted about, uh, like feeling contradictory about this um, with the exception of myself. At the same time, I was the person most passionately pursuing the blood and the guts mm. and the gore and all the excitement of this event to the point where I remember people sort of jumping in. There's a part where called La, Co- La Correa where you like you run in with the bulls and you're mm-hmm. sort of running around and you're uh, uh, people are taunting them and, mm-hmm. and um, bulls have uh, like corks on their on their mm-hmm. horns so they can't hurt you. But I remember being caught up in that energy and that excitement and and almost jumping in there with them just to try it, um, which is fundamentally against like every single ethical code I have mm-hmm. within my body, you know. So just the fact that I. It's an exploration uh, uh, of the opposite extreme. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, exploration of the opposite extreme, getting out of my shell, um, finding out more about myself and the world and my role in it and where I stand as opposed to the the other parts of 
you know, the other people around me. Yeah. Um, and having to own up with the fact that, like, I hadn't really figured out a defense against this. Mm. Um, so, uh, but at the same time, embracing it. So, one thing I really enjoyed about making that documentary is um, balancing the good with the bad about this experience and the people who uh, make it their livelihood. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something I think that goes to the whole core of the kinds of film I want to make as well. I don't want to yeah. have them be like definitely judgmental and, and saying, oh, this is awful. You shouldn't do it. I want to say like, you know, this is what happens mm. when, uh, when you do this. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. It just, wow. 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 So music is really ethereal. It's sort of yeah, like yeah. tripping me <laughs> this, out. This is actually from uh, <laughs> Skyrim, actually. Yeah. From Skyrim, the video game. Yeah. 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 Huge fan of that game. And the music makes you travel. Just open up to it. Yeah. And it's going to make you travel real far. Okay. But uh, talking back, actually, about your experience, because, you know, going outside from your shell, uh, through that, I actually want to head dive into the first question of the Proust questionnaire. Okay. Which uh, is going gonna, is gonna to be something. But uh, I'm going to throw it at you. And the question is, what is your greatest fear oh um i think my greatest fear and i I, like i might have touched on this a lot but um just sort of getting in my own way Mm. i think like i have a i have a very clear sense of like you know if if there's something to be done in the world or in a room you know like there's Mm -hmm. a there's a lamp that fell over i'm gonna pick it up you know Mm -hmm. i think i'm one of those people Mm. but like there's just a whole world of fallen over lamps <laughs> that just yeah. need to be picked up but just you know there's you get overwhelmed or yeah. you get like oh that's not a problem I could solve or I don't have the skill set for that or I'm not the right person to solve that problem you know a lot of different kinds of lamps yeah 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 <laughs> so that's true that's very true eh? far with this metaphor but anyways like yeah I don't want to get in my own way and and uh, not make an impact on the world because I'm I'm thinking in, um, in my own head too much yeah okay and when it comes to lamps what's the one lamp we need to focus <laughs> the most right now in 2017 um, I think just listening to one another mm-hmm. uh, I think the more films that we can make do I need to hold this closer to my face yeah yeah if okay. it's a little bit closer it's not gonna hurt yeah okay. it's just uh, no invisible wall here it's, it's a little uh, better yeah it's a little better yeah okay yeah, uh, yeah so um, yeah just listening to one another I think uh, there's obviously so much hate and um Uh, divisiveness in the world Mm -hmm. and the more that we make films about um, trying to understand each other's point of view um, the better Um, certainly I I like and I think I was touching on that a little bit with the bullfighting thing like obviously Mm. I hate bullfighting and I don't think it's the bull's fault that these people need a sense of community um, from this experience Um, but I've grown to understand it and appreciate it and I think that if you want to change something you certainly have to start of a place of like okay where are these people coming from Yeah. so definitely I want to be able to respect both sides of the story on any given issue of course wow okay Woo. let's moonwalk towards the second question of the Proust questionnaire which is which historical figure do you most identify with historical figure um i don't know interesting huh i don't know i think yeah i remember you sent me this thing and i was like (laughs) i know like it was a live one of like favorite whatever historical figure hmm Take your time. There is no hurry, but uh, is there a p- specific there is part? Though, there is a. There is a. <laughs> there is a. Is there a specific part in history or a specific uh, slice of history that you feel really attracted to? Yeah. Um, well, Midnight in Paris really made me think. Oh. Like you know, yes, of course, I want to hang out with Ernst Hemingway and everything like that. <laughs> nice. But although, I mean, he would have a lot of trouble these days. I think he would be like yeah. the Kevin Spacey route, uh, or maybe not that bad. But. Um, <laughs> No, yeah, that that era of history, 
I can't really think, man. Um, if it's not, if it's not going to, if it's not gonna, uh, yeah, anything, if anything pops I'm in your mind, I'm the only I'm person who's ever been like me in the world. You know, like, oh, oh that's <laughs> everybody is like that. Trust me on that. Yeah. Everybody, everybody is just themselves, and that's how it is. We're all unique, of course, but that's the beauty. All unique and connected. Mm-hmm, nice and tasty. <laughs> but I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually. Whoop, shift that question okay. towards a hero of fiction yeah that you identify with the most okay um well I did uh, I did a project that was really exciting recently called uh, Batman solves Vancouver's endemic problems oh and uh, like the reason why I think I did that is that um, you know Batman has always been like a favorite character of mine uh, he doesn't have any f- superpowers he's super you know he's kind of gloomy he's kind of depressed but he has a very clear moral compass and you know he doesn't want to cause violence he doesn't want to or at least he doesn't want to use guns anyways Mm -hmm. um but he's also a very kind of interesting character because he always has a solution he's like a Mm -hmm. sort of swiss army character um so i kind of wanted to see what he's he does when faced with some more complex problems that are Mm -hmm. out there in the world you know it's not just fists flying at his face it's poverty and it's the opioid crisis and it's um gang warfare in Surrey and Mm -hmm. uh, all these kinds of things. So, I mean, I started out the series and uh, it's been really helpful for me just in terms of exploring issues, finding out more about like, okay, well, if you were to solve these problems that people say are insolvable, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, what would you really have to do? So it's a lot about Batman actually exploring and finding out, you know, first he takes the violent tack, but that doesn't Mm -hmm. work. Um, So he needs to try a different approach. And uh, yeah, so I, I really... I like Batman for his mm-hmm. ability to yeah. solve problems, but yeah. also I'd like to introduce myself uh, a little bit of myself in there. As and well. that's so great because you know Batman uh, basically goes back to bouncing back the backslash to fear, to yeah. personal fear. Awesome! I like when dots connect like that. Woohoo! All right, third question okay. <laughs> of the Bruce questionnaire: Which talent would you most like to have? Uh, which talent would I most like to have? I think sort of synthesizing memories and experiences and facts with imagination um i really like things that are sort of rooted in reality but they sort of just get elevated like i love i love uh birdman because it's so rooted in you know the right now the experience Mm -hmm. of right now like it's all given as one shot so you can't help but just be pulled along um but at the same time there's so much spectacular impossible um, freak of nature things mm-hmm. that happen uh, throughout the movie so as rooted as you are in the here and the now and the real uh, you're also pulled in like the what the fuck just happened and like <laughs> yeah, yeah, can yeah, we yeah. spend time in this year oh no we're going to that room okay I guess yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah I would love to be able to say like okay I've had this experience and where can I take that mm-hmm. um, I have problems with memory and all these sorts of things so I would like to uh, yeah and just need to write more I think to do mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Yeah. interesting wow so uh, we're gonna actually Explore the fourth question of the Proust questionnaire. Okay. I'm going to take you a little bit on a darker side, but if you, what is your greatest regret? Uh, if you have any. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty old right now. And I feel like I, I keep being seen as like somebody who's young. And I think that's just because I have sort of like a hopeful, optimistic attitude. Mm. And I'm really excited to meet people and hear their stories and like um, interact with them and be kind to them and everything. That said, I feel like I could have used some of that young energy earlier and more deliberately um, mm. to accomplish some real concrete goals. You know, I've, I've had I have some things under my belt and I've learned some skills and um, I've made a lot of connections in the world. But in terms of the actual concrete concrete impact in the world that I've had I think it's like not negligible but mm. I would like to maybe have more maybe it's your perception of that 
You know, many yeah. times the most influential change is the one that is invisible. Yeah. You know, and uh, I believe that uh, that that you know shines light on so many people throughout our daily life that create an incredible amount of change, but it's just not a change that is not on the newspaper or on the TV, you know? Yeah. But it's the one change that makes a difference every single day, just like when you serve soup, you know, and uh, you make a difference that way. You yeah, know? man, like the craziest, like the little differences are what make it in that case. Like yeah. I, I, part of what you were saying, like, oh, it's the invisible changes that make the difference. And like, I'm trying to make movies, man. They're, <laughs> they're the most visible thing. Like I need to make visible change, <laughs> okay. you know? But at the same time, I really like a Carnegie, you know, like, yeah. well, that's so Carnegie for anybody who doesn't know out there is like, it's, uh, community center down in the in the downtown east side and uh, it serves low cost meals to people so like 225 for lunch for like this most epic lunch mm-hmm. and it's even just you know it's such kind of a bitch sometimes when you're doing the lineup and you have to have, ask every person like what kind of salad do you want mm. and like what kind of dressing and mm-hmm. it's like it just slows everything down but just even that yeah. idea <laughs> of like giving people choice yeah. um, where they are so used to being beaten down and sort of being just being told awful things about themselves or, or internally um, yeah. beating themselves up and then to be given sort of a choice I think people appreciate that um, so you're right it's a lot of the little things that you can yeah. do for people it's, make the, it's really the little things that make mountains grow mm-hmm. and uh, you know when it comes to the Carnegie you know I truly believe that it's 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 like a sun in this solar system you know <laughs> and everything rotates around that and to me that's that's really such a magical place you know and it's, yeah. it's impossible to tell it mm-hmm. you have to go and visit it yourself you yeah. know and you can truly feel that magic you know that lets you float almost and there is so much in there which is not only the kitchen shout out by the way to everybody in the Carnegie yeah. and uh, you know not only the kitchen but also the library you know the art room uh, the sing-along choir you know everybody there activities just a big shout out because the that's learning what, center yeah yeah the learning center everybody there yeah. what a wonderful place wonderful wonderful place and mm-hmm. that's actually leading me to the fifth and final question of the Proust questionnaire where and when were you happiest um well, I think we sort of touched on this earlier. I mean, it's just sort of like a series of, of experiences where I've had a physical activity going on and I've just been really happy. Um, but honestly, like even at the at the Carnegie Learning Center, man, like, mm-hmm. and I've always kind of thought that, you know, hey, I would love to end up a teacher, um, but I don't want to give up on my own dreams right away. Mm-hmm. I want to, or at least I wish I didn't make that dichotomy, but mm-hmm. I, I kind of do in my head. So, but it is really meaningful to be at the Learning Center. And, and now there's like this wonderful f- family that's come from, El Salvador there and mm. uh, they're just so lovely to work with and mm-hmm. uh, they've got their kids and, and they're at different levels but they're just so great to work with and just the warmth there is really really nice it's good to feel like you have a purpose something to contribute um, something to be appreciated for but also something to learn like the learning uh, ASL there as well so yeah it's just a really great space to feel like you're advancing and you're advancing others it's like you can't really ask for more than yeah. that yeah beautiful woo that's some juice right there from Jeff <laughs> Webb for you wow so so we're gonna Italian, lead man. to actually the, the <laughs> all right 100 points for that Woo! so we actually have to wrap the episode up i'm gonna okay. ask you just two more things the first one is how can uh, people reach you okay um well i mean i like email uh mm-hmm. so my name is jeff dot jeff webb and it's g-e-o-f-f dot w-e-b-b at gmail.com um i'm on facebook jeff webb film uh, i'm on facebook as a normal person and that's actually what i contribute <laughs> more to yeah. um, I also have a website it's called cargocollective.com mm. uh, 
slash Jeff Webbs. And it's cargocollective.com slash Jeff Webb. And I have a Vimeo page too. Uh, so that has a lot of my old French hip hop stuff on there because that's the most awesome. viewed stuff. But if you want to just click on my name, you'll see what I actually want to publish to the world. <laughs> Awesome. You know what we're going to do? We're actually going to put those links in the description uh, right underneath this podcast so that people can just click and woo, just be telling you to right there. Final question. Before we say bye-bye and we say hello to the sun out there shining in the parks in Vancouver, what is your advice to the filmmakers out there? Um, I think just reach out to one another. Um, In fact, I almost kind of wished I had made as my pitch um this idea that's sort of been floating around in my head um like a new directors uh just a new directors club i think would be fantastic just a place for sort of people to connect and share their struggles and share their ideas and collaborate um yeah just uh, don't be afraid to just try things uh borrow some gear don't feel like you have to learn all the skills yourself um even though there's this proliferation of one-man bands out there um i love being able to be out there and support my friends who maybe are a little less familiar with how to work a camera but they have great ideas about how to tell stories uh we all have something to learn from one another so awesome wow that sounds great and this is actually uh Time to wrap up the episode. Jeff, thank you so much for coming over uh, here in the booth. What a great time we spent together with the soundtrack of Birdman by Antonio Sanchez. And actually, we're going to wrap up with the soundtrack of Birdman. Uh, now, since this is movies and this is movies means people, uh, this show is for the community and we want to connect with the people out there. So if there is someone out there listening right now who would like to connect and actually come on air as well, feel free to shoot an email at listen to roomtone at gmail.com. I'm Ruggiero and we organize, we just grab a nice coffee. I love coffee, guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then from there, we take it on and we just come here and we share love and passion for the craft. Until then, everybody enjoy life, the soundtrack of Birdman. Ciao, ciao. Enjoy. <laughs>